What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly podcast for movies that have been remade, sequelized, adapted, done again, basically. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we are going to be discussing the finale of the X-Men franchise. (laughs) The last in a long line, the culmination of 19 years of almost storytelling. Quasi. Different (laughs) timelines and characters and ratings and everything else. The Dark Phoenix is back. Yeah. We're going to end this 19-year-old franchise the same way we tried to end it. The first time. The first time. It's almost poetic. The Phoenix is supposed to bring death and rebirth. And twice now, it's killed the franchise. Just death. (laughs) Just death. (laughs) So here we are. Yeah. What did you think about it? Uh, Wow. So, <laughs> you know how in, in high school, you're like, oh, that guy's really cool. He's the coolest person ever. He's, he's amazing. He's getting all the girls. You look up to him, and he exactly stays the same for the next 20 years. Nothing about him changes. He's still trying to hit on girls that are way much younger than him. He is the exact same person. That's what this film is like. I was like, oh, you're about 20 years late. This is no longer interesting to me. I am bored out of my mind. Everything about this is somber. And somber can be good. Like Dark Knight does somber good. Logan does somber good. When you do somber like this, where I care about absolutely no one on the screen, you just make a boring experience. Well, yeah. When you're working off a spec script for Riverdale, your teen <laughs> drama isn't going to yes. be very good. Yeah, no, this movie is going back to a high school party when you're in your like third year of college. <laughs> yeah. And like freshman and sophomore year was kind of fun to come home. And like drink in the basement. First time's great. It's it's great. And then you do it when you're like 22 and you kind of look around and Hmm. there's like mildew on the Fallout Boy vinyl record that your friend has. Yeah. Old Mountain Dew from graduation. Something feels a little off. He just wants to play Halo 2 again. And you're like, well, you know, they have Battle Royale games now. (laughs) And I think that's the biggest problem with this franchise is it started this whole thing with a little help from Blade and Spawn. Correct. And it has not learned any of the lessons of the people that it inspired. In X-Men 1... Created the the curve. Yeah. In X-Men 1, the joke was, what do you want, yellow spandex? And we all kind of laughed. We're like, yeah, that would be weird. You could never put that on screen. And now, the answer is yes. Spider-Man's eyes move when he blinks. (laughs) When he thinks about things, Deadpool looks completely different. Yeah, like Thanos showed up and snapped. Deadpool's working. All the costumes are fine. We want... To see our friends. Yeah. And you've been keeping them from us for 20 years. Yeah, you have a bunch of people playing high schoolers doing cosplay of characters that are nothing like the actual characters that we love and adore. Well, and they're nothing like anything. It feels like they kind of just dragged out a old, like... Do you remember that Spider-Man cartoon maker PC game? Yes. And you would just drag and drop Spider-Man and his friends yeah. and his foes and you'd hit play, play and, the cartoon and they would, would do play. something. Yeah. That's what this story and these characters are. They just took names out of a Grant Morrison comic book yeah. and slapped them on a wall and did it. And I understand how you can make these mistakes if you've never made a comic book movie before. If you look at a but even like Tim Burton did Batman better and he just straight up was did like his own I don't thing. like the comics. Right, I'm going to do whatever I want to. It's yeah. amazing to me that you can spend 20 years with these characters, get them right once. Yeah. And then when you come back around, completely ruin it. Crap the bit. Yeah. <laughs> It's bizarre because Simon Kinberg's been pretty much attached to this series from jump. I'd say from X-Men Last Stand on, he's had some type of thing to either production or he's got his hand as a writer. 
you do the la- you do the Dark Phoenix story twice, and you butcher it twice. <laughs> I think that's the other problem in this movie is not only is this the whatever amount in the, the franchise. Yeah, I don't know, 12, I think, maybe. Um, it's the first time I think we've had a like remake in the franchise, mm-hmm. in the continuity, or light continuity, light yeah. diet continuity. They try. <laughs> um, and it's very odd. Yeah. And I think the audience can feel that, and I can feel that, and... I mean, it's it's lazy writing. It's lazy acting. They keep trying to do these like mature things. Oh, there's some things that they just show over the over the top and on the nose that just made my skin crawl. Like there's a moment, and we're in this, we're we're going to spoil this, but there's a moment when uh, Mystique does this whole speech to Professor X about like, well, all the women are the ones who saved you. This should be called X Women instead of X Men. I get what you're trying to do. It is so on the nose and poorly written and poorly done. And I'm like, uh, this doesn't make any also, sense. Also, if your movie is going to stand up and be like, it should be about X women, you don't get to kill one of them. Right. And then the story be, this one's emotional. <laughs> right. Like if you're going to get on your pedestal. Yeah. And I want you to get on your pedestal. Yeah. And be like, you know what? This franchise is about the women. And then you pretty much are like, that one's hysterical. Wipe, wipe all the women off. The one that's kind of got a point kill her and then the one whose other one just batshit crazy you're like well there's no other women for me to grab onto because you have given storm nothing to do <laughs> yeah storm's not here jessica chastain i don't even i don't think what is she doing yeah um so whatever god yeah this story just meanders around with these like faux scrolls yeah. That don't really have a motivation beyond to just be there. The Phoenix itself doesn't really have a motivation aside from it destroyed it, a planet and now it's back. And yeah. basically Jessica Chastain, I guess, wants it. She now wants, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I misunderstood. The Phoenix is going to come to Earth and wipe all life out and make it an uninhabitable world. So then she can inhabit it? Yeah, that's pretty which much is, the, yeah. Which would be like if our environmental plan was destroy the ozone layer, and then we'll live here. Well, this will be fine. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't work that way. If it's an uninhabitable world, why would your plan be like, you know, it makes the planet unlivable, so we're going to move in. I feel like her plan was done. A lot of the stuff that happens in this movie is done specifically for scripts. It's not because the character like has an invoking movement to move there. Everything happens because we wrote it this way. And it, there's even been words that like, they were saying that they were rewriting the script on set. You can tell because character motivations switch like the wind in this movie. Like You're yeah. like all of a sudden, wait, Beast has got awful in this movie. And he switches from, I love the X-Men, to I hate the X-Men, to, you know what? I'm back to loving the X-Men. And in about a 40-minute swing, and nothing happens to him that directly to get him back to loving the X-Men. It's like a speech is given. You're like, well, wait, what? I am part of this family. (laughs) Yeah, that's the other issue with this big team movie is they can't really decide if they're trying to break up the team or unite the team or unite the brotherhood to the team. Right. And the big iconic X-Men things are wasted. You show up at Genosha. Magneto doesn't really do anything. You can tell that they've just run out of things for these characters to do. That's how this movie feels. Yeah. It feels like you've seen Magneto get up and give his speech a million times. And the movie knows this. At one point, Magneto tells Professor X, you're always sorry, Charles. Yeah. We've been There's doing always this. a speech. Yeah. 
the franchise is tired of itself. And you can feel that. It's funny because I thought the entire movie was bland up until the point that Fassbender came on because he's probably, outside of McAvoy, the most talented actor in here. And like the movie does get better for me at that point. But even then, I'm just like, well... You can tell that he doesn't even like he doesn't even really care anymore. He's like, well, I'm here because I'm supposed to finish off this. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I'm done with this character. And everyone kind of has that feel of outside of Sophie, who's like, I get to lead this movie. Everyone else is like, I'm just here because I've been told to be here and I got to finish off my contract. We wipe characters off the board. We don't yeah. give Quicksilver anything to do. He's, He's gone. just off the chain. <laughs> yeah. ch- Evan Peters is like, I'm out, guys. I'm not doing this. We don't give Nightcrawler anything <laughs> no. to do. There's no characterization. There's no characterization for anyone. Like Outside of the fact that they're wearing some of the costumes that we expect these characters to wear and they do some type of power set of these characters, we don't know anything about these characters. No, they have as much characterization for them as they do for like Knuckles when he shows up <laughs> right. with these dreadlocks that are imp- imperious to everything. And I I don't really want to. That's the other problem is Magneto rolls in with his brotherhood and it's two unnamed mutants that we don't know. We don't know. know. Yeah. And you'd have to look up and then get deep cuts to know who they are or watch the credit roll, which I, as a fan or as a viewer, I should not have to do that. You should be able to just tell me who these people are. Well, there's an entire race of aliens and a villain for Jessica Chastain. We don't know any of their names. I'm, I think they may have said it once, but it's not, it's not strong enough to make it resonate into our brains. Yeah. Um, Sophie Turner, bless her heart. I don't I don't want to say that she's bad because I don't think I've seen her do better. Like I've seen her on Game of Thrones and she actually is talented. I don't know if Simon has asked her to specifically only do two things, but she literally is either scared crying or mean faced with her hand out doing a dark Phoenix Can we moment. get her a role where her character isn't Something terrible has to happen. Something to broken. You. She, yeah, she has like, to be broken we, to be strong. To be anything. <laughs> yeah. like, there were way too many scenes in Game of Thrones where it was like, well, luckily you were raped. Well, good thing you were raped. Like, wait, no. <laughs> and this whole movie, it's like, you know, again, you're just angry. <laughs> good thing this Phoenix went through to you. And she spends a good God, it thirty feels minutes like we of this got movie. a Mad Men reject to it write is. the script. He just drank whiskey and was like, "You know, today my wife was yelling at me, and I'm going to make this woman very, very irate." She definitely does the. Oh, I can't control this. I'm bad. I don't know what's happening to me. Kill everyone. Like, wait, what is happening right now? It's 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 really poorly done, and I don't want to blame it all on her, but I don't think she's quite ready to have carried this film. Um, I don't think this film was quite ready to be carried. Yeah. I, I don't think this film, right, I think this film was very undercooked, and to put her in the situation to be the lead in a film that's undercooked should not be the fault of her, it's just the movie as itself kind of fell in on, its, on itself. Yeah, I mean, it, ugh. And there's some moments that are just unintentionally funny, I, I don't, and they, they weren't trying to do it, like, the, I'm sorry, my audience laughed too, the walk for Professor X up the stairs looks ridiculous. <laughs> Jean, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Yeah, he's got this Blumhouse crooked man strolling <laughs> like, what up is, the stairs. What is happening and right now? And that should be such so, a creepy, one hundred percent powerful moment. And I think that's the other weird part of this franchise is the X Men movies have tried to grow into this like R rated dark world between your Logans and your Deadpool. Yeah, and I feel like this movie flirted with that and was like, we're gonna kind of make it a a horror movie. Yeah, but they didn't really have the stones. To go, go all, all the way. way. Yeah. So you get this, I don't even know what to call it without being horribly offensive. <laughs> 
like this drunk walk it, it up is. these stairs with James McAvoy, who, and I'm not paralyzed, so I don't know how this works. If she is moving his legs and his legs don't work or have feeling, he shouldn't be like, ah! Yeah, right. You wouldn't. I would think that if you spent years in a chair and you can't feel below your waist, whatever he's she's doing to you to make you move, you wouldn't feel that. Like, now, if he were fighting back brain-wise, then maybe that's what he's screaming at, but you're right. It seems like his pain's coming from the fact that his legs aren't working, but they haven't worked for decades. <laughs> oh, well, the decades part of this movie, oh, Terrence. These characters... Magneto, technically, is 62. Fassbender looks a day over 35. Nicholas Holt <laughs> has been in five decades of films. Put a gray hair on someone. And then, uh, as pointed out by a friend of the show, Hector Navarro, the X-Men movie very cleverly is just like, hey, sometime in the future, they pull a Mega Man 20XX. So when we're like, oh, it's in the year 2000, maybe it isn't. But Hector pointed out on Twitter the other day, the World Trade Center appears in the, in first, the first movie yeah. and not in the second movie. That gives it a timestamp whether or not you like deal one, with it. One, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we are, do have to deal with the fact that, you know, what the 90s, the Clinton years are not kind to Fassbender, to Magneto. <laughs> right. Like, he, he goes through some stuff really quickly. <laughs> um, it's, it's wild, though, because you think they got, they pigeonholed themselves into this gimmick of saying every film is going to be a decade later. And so we're not going to make it feel 80s, like that decade 90s. at all. 90s don't happen in this. Like, other than the fact that we go up into space, you're like, Wait, what year are we that again? No clothes. As much as the '90s as when I'm stuck in traffic and the radio is like bringing you the sweet sounds of Nirvana. Like, oh, and the '90s. Thank you. They played like Teen Spirit once, and we're like, get it? At it's least the '90s. At least in Apocalypse, while I think that movie's atrocious, they at least go to the mall and have like some '80s type of gear on. This movie, they're like, we're not even going to bother to mention anything about the '90s. Yeah, we do a really weird thing with '90s nostalgia now in movies. I think Captain Marvel was the same way, where instead of making it feel like the '90s, we're just like, look, grunge. There's a blockbuster. See, '90s. Yeah, it's <laughs> a blockbuster and a Starbucks, <laughs> and somebody's listening to California Love. We did it. We. <laughs> the- did it. There's no like stranger things. You're like, this is in the 80s. I don't need to see the Ghostbusters to know that. And in Dark Phoenix, they're just like, and then they're, we're done. That's it. You've that gotten all your song 90s. On Cyclops' radio at X Men 2. When he's driving in the car, yeah. Um, it, but I, I just think in an age where we're de aging people, for movies, we could easily just age these guys. We up. made Peggy Carter <laughs> in Winter Soldier age. Yeah, we can do that. Put here. a little makeup on him. One great. I hair. just saw Rocket Man. Neil Patrick Harris looks like he was eighty. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Um, I, I, I God, this movie's terrible. <laughs> it is. It is. And now a lot of people have been saying like the train sequence at the end is. The, the the best part, which they're not it is. wrong. Um, but I think the movie is so bland and I don't care about the characters that even when they're doing it, I'm like, yeah, I guess this is supposed to be the X-Men doing their thing, but I don't care. I liked it enough because of the connections I've had to these characters for from years. Previous, from like your previous iterations of You could have just put that train sequence up and I would have been like, cool, That's Cyclops. all I need. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. In the context of this movie, it's These action guys for action's sake. Correct. Uh, and it's pretty quick. It does happen it, pretty quick. Yeah. It ends with this like mini Thanos scene 
where Dark Phoenix is just like, and you're oh, God, and yeah, you get dusted, man. and you get dusted. You get a car, and you get a car. <laughs> yeah, and then Only just flies up into space. Fly away. Yeah. And then, well, like, she's holding um, whatever her name is, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they pull a hero season one. So yeah. This movie, before I get really into this ending, because I want to talk about it a lot, there's all these news articles. Well, we had to change the ending. It was too close to Captain Marvel. So instead, you use season one of Heroes and the Dark Knight Rises? Just fly up into the space. and then No we're one's talking about End up in Italy playing at a, uh, a cafe playing chess. Almost a one to one. Oh yeah, of the Dark Knight sure. Rises. Correct. You just swapped out one yeah. superhero movie for another. We won't do Captain Marvel, but we will definitely steal from those guys over at. No Dark one Warner will Brothers. notice. <laughs> Look, Disney owns us now. We couldn't do Captain Marvel. They don't care if we steal from yeah, Warner Brothers. It's fine. Oh my god! And instead of having any like. Nice funeral. Like, X3 is a bad movie. Yeah. But you have this nice funeral scene at the end. Fucking Cyclops, like, struts up like he's on a runway and, like, slams down this, like, Jean Grey school for the gifted and is just, like, nailed it. Which is crazy to me a little bit because why wouldn't you, considering the context of this film and what you've set up for in this world, why wouldn't you name the show and the school Raven as opposed to the person who murdered Raven? Terrence, in theory... <laughs> That will just be the Xavier School for Gifted Kids in 10 years. <laughs> right. That's true. We'll just go back. Never mind. We did that for a day. Because Unless Days of Futures Past did wipe it, but then they still have to, like, you know, he still has to grow up there into are, Scott Summers from the end of Days of Future. In Past. this franchise, there are two different Bolivar Trask. One's a, a little person and one's a tall, black, bald man. Nothing matters. Very similar. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> You yeah. see, when Magneto did the X-Gene to everybody, it changed <laughs> It everything. changed, yes. It changed God, it it's just such a mess. And I think that's part of the reason that people aren't interested. I think not only is, like, the regular X-Men brand, I think, is a little tarnished. It's long and tooth. It, and it's long and tooth, yeah. yeah. And it's missing from this movie. Correct. But we all sniffed it out. <laughs> yes. Like a poorly hidden truffle. <laughs> Deadpool, Logan, the ones that don't have this name on it are doing well. Correct. And I think they were like, we'll trick them. <laughs> yeah. We'll was, trick them. We'll drop that X-Men and just call it Dark Phoenix. No one will know the difference. Yeah, what a sad way to end your 20-year yeah. history. I mean, you, you think about it, the last two X-Men team proper films were bad. Yeah, no, they're terrible. Yeah. Um, I still think Apocalypse is, th- is Apocalypse worse. Apocalypse is a worse movie yes. than Dark Phoenix. Um, but 100%. Um, but I would argue, I know people have been saying, I would argue that... I'd rather watch Last Stand than watch this because Last Stand actually has moments of entertainment. I think it's a poor, oh, it is a worst made film when you think about films. But as far as entertainment levels, there's more in Last Stand that ever happens in, in this I movie. don't think I need to find out. No. I had this same thing happen to yeah. me recently where someone was like, what's worse, Spider-Man 3 or Amazing Spider-Man 2? And I was <laughs> like, well, I haven't seen Spider-Man 3 in 10 years. Would you rather shoot off your toe or cut it off? Um, neither. neither. <laughs> it's like, I only saw Amazing Spider-Man once, and I only saw Spider-Man 3 like two or three times. And they're like, well, you know, go back and watch both of them, because I think you'll be surprised. I'm like, why? <laughs> what am I in what I universe? don't need to do that. I know that they are both bad. I don't need to judge which yeah, is Yeah, I don't need to have a 30-minute... I'm not on like, you know... First dates, and they're like, <laughs> Spider-Man 3 or Amazing Spider-Man 2, and they're not going to not go out with me if I'm like, I haven't watched those bad films in a while. Yeah. 
They're both they're both bad bad movies. Yeah, this is a bad movie. And I and I just think about the, the history of the X Men, the the proper the X Men team films. I feel like I look back on them fonder because of what they meant for the history of comic book movies, and not because they are really good films. Like for me, I know a lot of people like Days of Future Past, which I'll give you that one. But I really only like two films out of the entire X Men team films: X Men Two and First Class. I think are really great. Movies. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched X2 in a while, but it's still, I still remember that one being pretty, pretty fond. Uh, remember that one fondly. But the rest of them, I can do with like X-Men 1's not bad. It's just like you can tell this is made on a shoestring budget. It's the first time we're getting to do this. Last End's bad. Yeah. Apocalypse is bad. This is bad. You're like, well, well damn, do any of these team movies work? Then you go and you even add the Wolverines in there. But like, yeah, the Wolverine and Logan are good. Origins is trash. Yeah, they're now at a point where they've had about as many misses as they've had hits. Yeah. Yeah, so they're almost they're basically 50. If it wasn't for Deadpool, they would be less than 50. Yeah. <laughs> um and that, and I and think And I think that's why when people are like, but they're coming to the MCU and I'm like, we can wait. I can wait. It's crazy to me when I think about the even though there's brief moments, the moments in Deadpool when we get Colossus and Megasonic feel more like the X-Men comics that I grew up yeah. on than anything that we've gotten in any of the X-Men films. And I think we have all gotten to kind of accept these X-Men movies because they were there first. It's like, well, that's what the X-Men are. When you look at the comics and the cartoons, you're like, no, that's that's Brian Singer's version of the X-Men. We've just kept that going, but not one of these movies, uh, first class a little bit, but not one of these movies really feels like an X-Men film. Right. So, you know, to get into the point of the podcast, yeah. of the why of it all... Uh, there is no why for this movie. It's worthless. <laughs> it's unnecessary. We all know it. Yeah. This franchise doesn't even belong to the studio who made it anymore. Yeah. It's a remnant of a time that never existed for it. Uh, so my bigger question is why do we keep chasing the Phoenix story? We have 60 years so of X-Men so history. Yeah. Why is it this story you think that the movies keep being like we got to get here? Why aren't we building to Genosha more often? Why aren't we doing some of the newer, well, maybe not the newer stuff, some of the older <laughs> stuff? Yeah, it, it, it's funny cuz I think there's an article going that Matthew Vaughn was talking about how his originally trilogy for the second half was supposed to be he was going to start with First Class, do something else, and then Days of Future Past would have been the fine finale of his trilogy. And Fox was like, nope, we're going to do that next. And I think when you blow your load like that so early, there's really nowhere else to go. So once you go from Days of Future Past, you're like, well, the only way that we can go up from this is Apocalypse. They butchered that. Yeah, that was bad. So they were like, well, what's next? How about bringing back the story that has meant so much for X-Men? So I think that's how we keep ending up landing back on Dark Phoenix. But at some point, if you don't get it right the first time, you don't get it right the second time, you've burned through Apocalypse, maybe just stop and let someone else do this. And I think the, the problem, we, there's history. I mean, granted, House of M, we, we can't really, we couldn't really do till now. So we start merging stuff. Yeah. There are some stories that you can't quite touch because some of them deal with like Magneto's kids and it gets a little messy with the way that the films, the films work. But I think there are histories of stuff that by now Storm should be more important to the X-Men franchise. You can do an entire movie on just her and you're like, yeah, no, that makes sense. But I think in addition to being doing Dark Phoenix, we've also made 12 films where <coughs> nine to 10 of them were just Wolverine stories. <laughs> yeah, we really hammered Weapon yeah. X home. <laughs> right. 
And I think whatever, I'm hoping that whatever the MCU does with that, we get to making these team movies again as a, and put Wolverine as a character in those, not as the character of them. Right. I don't think he needs to be the focus yeah. for a while. Correct. We did that so well. Yeah. And like it, it, it's Hugh Jackman's role. Right. And there's just so many other characters. We've never done Sinister, which no. means we've never gotten into like Sinister and Cyclops' story, or Cyclops' dad, yeah. or Havoc and Cyclops. We, we, we have a Havoc, they just took him off the they board immediately. They don't care about yeah. him. <laughs> we haven't done, well, we haven't even seen, well, we've seen Gambit. We haven't really done anything with Gambit. Gambit. Yeah. You could do a lot of like the Juggernaut jewel and give it to Colossus and change that. Yeah. We could get, uh, the name's evading me, it was Magneto's other personality. Oh, uh, I'm also blanking that out. The big twist was that it was just Magneto. Magneto, yeah. Do that story. Yeah, I mean, you have someone, Professor X is, is a bad guy when, when Professor X loses his mind and goes omnipotent and just starts snapping yep. out. Yeah, I mean, there's a the lot. Onslaught. But yeah, there's onslaught. Right. There's so, a, so much. Big. Yeah. Because I think that's why they want the Phoenix. It's big. It's big. Apocalypse right. is big. Right. It's a tent pole on a vent movie. Correct. I kind of want the more intimate stuff to come too. I also think that, and this is why I think Marvel will come in and help that, is that I feel like these X-Men movies go for these tent poles without doing the legwork to get up to those points. They're like, look, we're just going to do Apocalypse in one film. You're like, well, this should be spread out. And I think the Disney stuff will probably like, all right, let's take a couple of films to get to Apocalypse. If they do it again, they might just stay away from it because they're like, look, you already butchered it. But I think whatever they do, go ahead and take a film or two to get to that point before we just like just blow our load. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think we'll spend more time with these characters. I also think that we've kind of forgotten the social relevance of the X-Men. 100%. Yeah. Uh, which is why, I don't know, a story like God Loves, Man Kills mm-hmm. would be a really good that way to get like dark. Yeah. Here's what it's about. Here's why the X-Men are important. And they would like show up on the scene right. of the MCU in a big way. But who knows? I don't think we need to see him for a while. I think they should stay on the show for at least five years before we even bring anything. Five to ten? Yeah. I, I think it Give should be a while. First. I would say I'd rather you put in, uh, and you don't even have to do a movie for Fantastic Four, but you could put in Reed Richards somewhere doing some science stuff and at least start building that world and then eventually bring in the X-Men. I think you need to let this burn out of conscious for a while. It is a shame because there were some stuff that I was excited about. New Mutants was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I really would have liked to have seen what this X-Force thing could have been. Yeah, it would have been interesting. And who knows? Disney might They just... might still let Deadpool kind of do its own yeah, thing. Yeah, but at the same time, these movies were getting so bad that maybe I don't want to see what an X-Force looked like under 20th century. It's... I just don't want Marvel to kill the R-rated superhero movie. Correct. I want... And they say they are, so I'm going to take them at their word. But they say they're going to leave Deadpool alone. I hope that's the case, and I hope they let Deadpool kind of do its own thing because that that's too good of a friend. It's perfect the way that it, right. it is and the tone that it is. Um, but it, I, I, it's funny. I don't know if you saw the tweet. Like Laura Schooner, she's deleted it, but she basically was getting bombarded saying like, "Oh, I'm sorry for Dark Phoenix. I'm sorry for Dark Phoenix." She was like, "Save your condolences. I had nothing to do with this or Apocalypse or New Mutant." So she has just literally said, "They are shitting the bed. I am off of all of this. I had nothing to do with any of this." Which is interesting that the person who's been on nine of the twelve previous X Men films like, "Nah, that ain't me. <laughs> that ain't that ain't me." And so if she's who was the spearhead for it has said that we don't want any parts. She doesn't want any parts of this. 
I kind of see why these films have ended up the way they are because she was kind of one of the caretakers of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that once Disney gets on, I just think, I believe in Kevin enough that he's going to take his time. And that's all I want well, to do. Well, and we know he franchise. already has plans he does. forever. So. He does. And I'm sure he's happy to get these characters, but I know he's probably like, damn it, I have to stay away from them for a while. Which sucks. It does. Um, because I don't like I I've never gotten a version of Storm that I really appreciate. I've never gotten a, a Scott. Bless bless their hearts. Both both Ty and uh, I can't remember uh, the first uh, Cyclops's Margin James Margin. Both they did fine, but never never got our our Cyclops no. leader, our, our true leader of the team. I don't think we ever really got a good gene. No, our Rogue was like fine for what they were trying to do for that film, but not the Rogue that we got expected. a good Ice Man. We did get a good Bobby. <laughs> we did get a good got Bobby. a good Ice Man. Yeah. Um, got a good beast. Not enough. Did. Got enough of them, but we did get Kelsey a good Grammer beast. Kelsey Grammer is Kelsey Grammer is 100% beast. Um, so we've seen glimpses of what can be. The Colossus that's in the Deadpools, perfect. Colossus that's... Magneto and Xavier we got Yeah, both times through. were, yeah, solid. And that's my other... I'm almost like when we bring back the X-Men, we maybe can put some of these characters that we got so right over here. To bed. Yeah. Like I don't or need to, just give me a straight up Magneto's the villain, right? And, and not not fight. a back and forth. I don't need to see Mystique. They made Mystique such an important character to both sets of trilogies. When in the comics, she's a, like a third tier villain. They're like, oh, we like shape shifting. That looks great on screen. Let's keep that. She's not that important. I'm ready for her and Logan to go away for a while. Yeah, I don't need to see either of them for a while. Um, so I hope that whatever we start with the X Men and the Disney. Disney Marvel verse that both Wolverine and Mystique are nowhere near the table. <laughs> I don't think they will be. Yeah, I think we're. Gonna get, <clears throat> it'll probably just be a very proper Brotherhood of Mutants. Yeah, an original old. I would like that. They'll um, look like the '90s cartoon. Yeah. The uh, this is by far the lowest rated of all the X Men. The lowest rated. It's like, the lowest box office. Critic critical. Fans, cinema scores got to be minus. Like, this has a lower cinema score than Last Stand. People are at least like, well, yeah, this movie's bad, but at least I had some fun moments in it. That's sad. <laughs> uh, yes, you said that the lowest box office has only made, what, 33 million. That not is, even number one for the weekend. That's nuts. That might be, and I would have to look. I think it's the only X Men movie that isn't at the top of the box office weekend for it coming out. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, part of that, I think, is just a complete lack of interest. The bad reviews didn't help. Yeah, I the also, production worries didn't help. This is also a franchise that does as well box office as the film worth before it. So, like, X-Men 2 was great. X-Men Last Stand opened up huge because everybody's like, oh, X-Men right. 2 was great. Last Stand was trash, so when X-Men First Class came on, they are like, eh, whatever. And then it kind of grew up. Apocalypse was... Dog, yeah, and then so this is kind of like uh, I don't need to go back to that world. Also, Hugh Jackman's not a part of it. He's a huge draw. They're like, well, nope. That's another reason. There are just a lot of marks that just kept taking each person. Hugh Jackman not being around. That's another five million off. Bad movie before another five million off. So you end up with this because everything adds up. And they're like, nah, I don't want any parts of this. Yep. I think that's everything I have to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> I it sucks that after basically twenty years, what was the starting point for comic book films for the most part 
ends up like this and it's now just lost in the weeds while everybody else is doing what they did I mean, the, so much better. The brand's been floundering everywhere. The comics aren't doing well. Yeah. Like, yeah. we'll see if this John Hickman run, which is going to have the most important scene in X-Men <laughs> history. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I hate how they sell comic books now. <laughs> it's going to change Flash page. Change it all. <laughs> yeah. You won't want to miss this. Yeah. We're going to. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's the show. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Hollywood Already Did It and Hollywood ADI. And we'll see you next week. Later.